Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode three of Beats and Bites. Three is the magic number, Sydney, and we are about to yeah. do it up big. Third time's the charm. Of, of course. <laughs> And when it's Sydney and Lauren together, it is always the charm. I am Lauren oh, Delisa yes. Coleman, and I'm Sydney Schluter. Woo! And we are here <laughs> to talk about the emerging tech and music space like no one else. Drum roll, please, Sydney. Let us know Da-da-da. what is going to be our topic for this week. Yeah, so we've been kind of going through more so the metaverse and NFTs and kind of how those impact the music industry. Um, but there's so much more that we haven't really touched on that Lauren was like, we got to like talk about other things. So we're kind of focusing on decentralization. And this one is kind of the overarching theme and how blockchain payments and DAOs and all that fun stuff kind of plays into more of the business side of the industry as opposed to the art side, I would say. Well, I think that that sums it up so well. So let's first start, though, Sydney, by you giving some of like your fabulous definitions, right? Because I think, you know, for those who don't play in this space all day, every day, and I think even some people who do, who are posers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Fair. good to just give like a little bit of um, maybe a, a very pedestrian like kind of definition of what we're going to be talking about today because I mean primarily it's web3 but l- let's be honest people don't really really know what web3 is just yet keeping it very real. Yeah. I mean it's not it's not here Do yet. I even know at this point? Right. I'm not really sure. <laughs> so, I mean we all know it's going to have something to do with as you said decentralization and payments and you being able to own your content whatever but it's a little bit, you know, vague right now. But Sydney, I think you have um, some definitions you want to like roll out for people who are like, what the hell are these two girls talking about today, right? Yeah. So, I mean, let's just start with a DAO. Turns out it's an abbreviation. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So it's Decentralized Autonomous Organization or sometimes referred to Decentralized Autonomized Corporation kind of the same things basically rules encoded by a computer program that is controlled also by the organization members and influenced by a central government so basically leaning less towards the government that we know today and being like governed by the group mm-hmm. i think that's a and, good way to, to break it down governed by the group i like that Um, And I think that's going to be really important for what we're talking about today because we're tackling a lot of issues that kind of go into problems with the government and people like trusting the government and people trusting like larger organizations as well. Like we're also talking about the ever so problematic Ticketmaster and also kind of people exploring in this space who are paving the way and brands that are making it giving people the ability to do that so that's kind of where this all fits in i like this a lot and i i think you know now as we're seeing just the crumbling of so many things in our society and like giving way oh to my the, the new the new whatever the new is going to be i mean yeah. you know this whole idea of who gets to say what where who's kind of governing it you know a handful of people saying who what gets you taylor can. swift tickets you know <laughs> that too um you know people are like we're out of here with this everybody wants yeah. to make his or her own decisions which is i mean i think 
in theory a really great thing um you know how a group functions all together without somebody at the head you know we have to see how that really rolls out but anyway Mm -hmm. let's let's just like go to i think you have a couple of cool examples of this like to kind of root it down in the real world and um you know kind of be able to look at where where there might be some um, opportunities for recording artists or just the industry overall, right, Sydney? Yeah, so one that actually just came up recently was, uh, I don't know if it's referred to NYX or NYX I have Cosmetics. to tell you, I use that eyeliner and I like it. I use no, the eye no, pencil, no. I love it. It's my favorite <laughs> okay, one. Why do they have such a good line? I mean, it's like massively cheap, right? I use this like when I'm maybe cheating on Victoria Beckham, right? And it oh. really, it lasts. But okay, sorry, sidebar, sidebar. No, I'm going <laughs> to say, I am in a... I'm in an affair with NYX because I used to be an Anastasia Beverly Hills Oh, I love Hills that girl, brand, too. But I, I can't... I, NYX is my guy now, I have to say. Um, so totally beyond the fact. <laughs> Anyways, um, so they have the world's first beauty DAO, and it's called Gorgeous, like G-O-R-J-S. So phonetically, Gorgeous. we love it. Yeah. Um, and basically they're kind of taking an approach to web three where they're building this community and approaching makeup in the metaverse and redefining what beauty is in the metaverse kind of based on people and creators and 3d artists and VR artists who are really passionate about this space coming together and kind of making the industry what they want it to be and this is also going to focus on inclusion accessibility and diversity and i just think i mean it doesn't really have anything to do with the music industry but i just think this is such a good approach to web3 in general just because i feel like a lot of kind of activations and things are are just not quite hitting the mark and when i saw this i was like this is the perfect way for people to define exactly what they're looking for. Well, first of all, I think you found a very cool example. But second, I I beg to differ. I think that you have hit on something that, that um, touches upon the music industry because the music industry, as we all know, is not just simply about um, beats, as we say, right? Um, and mm-hmm. I was just thinking about this the other day. I went into CVS to pick up um, a prescription for my mom, but I was in the beauty section looking for something. I don't know, cotton rounds or whatever. Anyway, yeah, yeah, you know, because you got to <laughs> run through there. And um, lo and behold, Megan the Stallion was on some oh. kind of like POP for Revlon, which I had not seen. You know, she's doing like everything, like at the coach like deal and so much more. But I didn't know about Revlon. She is that girl. And she really much, very much is. Um, but no WAP, uh, you know, visible, only the face. But anyway, but anyway. Oh. But <laughs> unfortunate. I mean, I'm just saying all this to. S- You're in the other, other section. In the other section, will be there, right. Um, and I think you have to call for, like, you know, an employee to, to unlock that area. But anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at least here in the States. But um, recording artists obviously do very much drive uh, beauty trends and, of course, brands. And so I think it's just going to be interesting to see what artists are going to jump into this area. First, especially since it's like kind of 3D and all that, I could see Gaga doing something like that for for her yeah. own line, right? Um, oh, for sure. And then just other Rihanna. artists, yeah. Those who are like innovative. I want to be an active member of Rihanna's DAO. I will sell my soul to be a part of Rihanna's DAO. I love everything Fenty, and I feel like 
this is actually kind of the natural next step for an artist who has also kind of an additional brand to figure out how they kind of paved their way in the metaverse. And maybe that's the way that artists should be approaching this, like instead of going through their music career, also focusing on how they can bring their brands into this and how their music career can also pivot from that and kind of take what their fans are already looking for and bring that into the music industry. Liking this a lot. And I think, of course, you know, if you look at it, kind of the whole ecosystem of what this, you know, is kind of cracked up to to be, we haven't seen just yet. But of course, the fans around this, that's going to be a whole nother dynamic. Because of course, if Web3 mm-hmm. gives one the ability to own his or her own whatever, let's say, you know, I don't know, one of Megan's fans, like create some kind of subgroup of this. And now they're doing something else with makeup or tutorials or whatever. They get to own that stuff, and maybe there's a way that you know they can monetize that uh, outside of like gorgeous or with it. It's just going to be wild to see mm-hmm. how this all kind of plays out, right? Yeah, I don't know. I think this is going to be really cool, and I'm really curious to see kind of where this goes. And maybe dare I say, be a participant in it. I'm not sure what I, I have think to you offer, are so ready for this, to. Sydney. You are you are campaigning I, I'm ready for, this. for yourself to be a brand ambassador, and whoever's like listening, it's all about Sydney. All right, just literally send me eyebrow pencils. Oh and my I'll gosh, be that's all. Pay the her an eyebrow pencil. <laughs> funny, Ash Brown, please. Oh my gosh, and she's even got the exact color. I I cannot like. This is why you are like my partner, because I just cannot stand <laughs> Anyways. What else do we have on tap, Sydney? Um, so, lo and behold, third week in a row, we have another politics segment that is just perfectly timed for our podcast and oh my god this one I actually found out while I was watching the talk today with my mom because um basically I'll actually just go through the it's the kind of the court situation that's going on between Ticketmaster and Mm -hmm. Live Nation regarding Mm -hmm. the whole Taylor Swift debacle and the U.S. government is involved and we have the Republican senator who's talking about this and what they said, like, I will get into this after, but they were throwing Taylor Swift lyrics Mm-mm. into Mm-mm. the their political debate. They you were- know what? <laughs> I love when they do that because it's such a crack up. It was so, like, I don't even, like, it was just, like, so well thought out, but just, like, so, like, poorly executed, which is exactly what you would expect from lawyers and (laughs) but it was oh my god what did he say it was so funny this just reminds me of something that happened with a senator whose name i can't recall right now and and let's be very real about it it is typically on the republican side well they will throw out some lyrics on you um except for on the democrat side i will say all day every day now speaker of the house um hakeem jeffries he knows his lyrics (laughs) but um the republican ones will throw out lyrics when you are least expecting it there was one who was a huge fan of hip-hop i think he got busted though for some drug thing or something i can't remember yeah back in 2015 but you know they would use lyrics like as 
metaphors or examples of a variety of different things. And so I um, am just cracking up about this as it pertains to what. So they're looking at um, whether there should be new legislation or not around these laws. Yeah, or uh, the Ticketmaster and Live Nation is—is is it or is it not a monopoly? Everybody knows that it's a monopoly. I mean, what? I think <laughs> like, that's not. His, more, more, there's no, there's nothing hidden there. His exact words were: Ticketmaster should be like, I'm the problem. It's me. Oh my like, gosh. <laughs> And you're like, did an aide, like, help you out with that? No. Or was that really you, like, peeping those lyrics and you were like, great time to use it. Um, It was his teenage daughter who was absolutely hyping him up back there, like, dad, you gotta say this. Or maybe not. Actually, if I was a teenage daughter, I'd be like, dad, you cannot say that. And he'd be like, no, I'm gonna do it. It'll drive the boys crazy. (laughs) Too funny. Too funny. But I really do think this is a a wonderful um, opportunity to be able to introduce, um, you know, some very initial level of Web3 into this ticket game. People are fed up with this. There's the technology now to be able to kind of smooth all this out. It's time to be able to let some newcomers into the fold and go on ahead and solve this problem. Indeed, if you are one of these newcomers, we want to know about you, right? Yeah, where are you at? With an email, like, because this is why, you you know, they can't be heard because, you know, Live Nation and and Ticketmaster have such, like, the the monopoly, yeah. (laughs) Um, We would love to know who you are and what you're working on out there. Cindy, drop that email address on them, please. Yeah, okay, I will say I got some dental work done, so I might have a little (gasps) bit of a lisp, but but I'll do it anyways. I just was going to throw that out there. I should have thrown it out there in the beginning, but you know what? It was good. Um, It's beatsandbitespodcast at gmail.com. Very good. Beats. Very good. Very good. I did not hear too much going on yeah, that's... with your new... Because you got new dentures, right? I... Yeah, dentures. All new dentures. Not <laughs> dentures. <laughs> Only the two front teeth are fake due to a champagne incident. Gonna... Yeah. Well, that... And this is how Sydney lives. As long as we're talking about people inserting lyrics, let's just talk about Champagne Life yeah. by Neo. I had a champagne Sydney lives that shower. every day. Yeah. yeah. And somehow a champagne bottle hit her mouth and we just don't want to talk about that party because no. it was just like, but anyway, had to get the, you know, the, the cosmetic glow yeah, going Yeah, I got on. that cosmetic. And that's why we're talking about Republican Senator Mike Lee instead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. To take away from the fact that I had a very tragic tooth gap for about three weeks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Too funny. But, yeah, we're going to definitely be tracking this thing because I really do believe that this will enable like new players to come to the forefront and those which are going to be able to do it uh, well kind of create a more fair and balanced um, opportunity for fans Um, I'm looking forward to this and I can't wait to see what happens I think there'll be a lot more crash on all this before like the dust settles but I think we're we're on our way and I'm just excited to see that I think the failure of Live Nation and Ticketmaster is the perfect blossoming moment for new technology because people I will, will be I agree. so into it. I agree. But I mean certainly we don't we're not looking for anybody to to fail. We just want to put that out there. I mean just kind of roll it scale it back yeah. a little bit. I don't think you need to own the whole market except for like, you know, maybe one or two venues in the United States. Just a little bit. So <laughs> that's that's our two cents. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, okay, what's our final moment? Because you know what, people? We have things to do, places to go. As you know, we are fabulous. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we're not going to be on this podcast all day. So, Sydney, what's our next thing? Uh, yeah, we're just kind of going to touch on to blockchain currency. Go for it. Um, so... What we've kind of started with now is we have this really big adaption of it in East Asia, which is Southeast Asia. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And it's mainly through gaming platforms. So one of the challenges that we've kind of seen in this area and that has made it difficult for the masses to kind of get on board is the jargon. Super complex. Mm, So true. Um, so I feel like when you you have a population of people who are still struggling to get on to online banking, and then we want to introduce a non-governing, decentralized currency, it, I can see how it would be difficult for people Intimidating, to come Intimidating, yeah. bad, everything else that we want to say that it is. But I, I completely agree with I you. I did find it really interesting that this also stemmed from gaming platforms and the reason why people are taking uh approach to it because they understand what it is through gaming platforms mm. i think that that's great if you're a gamer i have to uh, once again you know keep it very real i'm not mm-hmm. although i respect all gamers um but i do agree with you that the jargon around a lot of all, all of this stuff really can be very, very off-putting, and I know I had a conversation about this um, on a Twitter space where I was asked to kind of just do a couple of news briefs, and it was right around the time when Starbucks announced that it was going to be um, getting into the NFT game, but they weren't going to call it an NFT or anything like this. It was not, obviously, none of the back end of NFT was going to be front, (laughs) to the forefront, And they were actually going to call them, which I don't know if it's still going to happen because they haven't really launched it yet. I'm not a fan of this name, but they were going to be calling them journey stamps. So you would be kind of taking this virtual journey, if you will, and picking up these kind of bonus points, kind of, as you move along. We would be calling them NFTs, like the back end would be looking at it as an NFT, but not the consumer. So this would make it, um, you know, I guess a bit more palatable. I hate this... Um, kind of term in tech. I don't know if you guys use it in Canada as well that, you know, it should be easy enough for my mom to use it. Yeah. And first of all, I hate this because why is it going to be your mom? What about your dad? Yeah. My dad is way worse than that. It, right? <laughs> um, but it should be something which I would just like to say should be easy for everybody to, to understand, easy to roll off the off the tongue and understand what it is that you are actually doing. Non-fungible token, come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you're not, most people aren't going to be like, what, what is that? Um, so I agree with you that the whole thing is about kind of stripping away more of the jargon so that we can move to mass adoption more quickly because, of course, that's everyone's goal. Right? Yeah. And just kind of going back to how this kind of plays into the music industry because especially going on the lines of DAOs, so we have this kind of centralized governing body and also on the financial side as well. How do you protect the artists in this? Because I would mm. say the ratio of fans to the artists and the people who are genuinely looking out for an artist's best interest might be a little skewed. I mean, you see that with the paparazzi. <laughs> you think you so? see that with Instagram. Like, just 
all modern media kind of leans towards that. How, in your opinion, would you kind of protect artists and their kind of well-being in a decentralized area? I think it's like going to be one of the questions of the century for, you know, the industry and obviously all creatives. I think it's going to be incredibly challenging because the industry is just not set up to think that way. Um, other industries maybe lend themselves a little bit more to this. Yeah, I see it being a little bit more of a bloodbath before things kind of um, shake out. I think that we saw this initially, well, we're still seeing it, you know, with AI. Anybody out here listening remember, you know, when Jay-Z uh, kind of went toe-to-toe legally with an entity that had was just kind of fooling around, you know, with their, their software, but they did a really great job yeah, yeah. with AI of creating, essentially recreating Jay-Z's voice, you know, in, as artificial intelligence mm-hmm. or through artificial intelligence. And then, you know, of course, Jay-Z suing or, you know, his kind of company or his legal team suing. I actually don't remember what the outcome of what of that was. But, you know, how do you, you do this now based on old kind of rules and all kinds of laws what isn't isn't up for grabs if you create something and this is you know again it's like kind of a rhetorical question yeah because there is no real answer if you create something it, with a new form of technology that is very similar to the original it, who owns that mm-hmm. i mean you know it could be argued you know either way i really don't know i remember when i was um, writing a piece for Forbes around just technology about, you know, implants in your brain, et cetera, et cetera. And I had interviewed a, a really just amazing attorney who said that, you know, should this go forward, we're going to have to create all new laws because who owns what at that point? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When it when it gets to a certain level. I think we're only at the very tip of the iceberg of this thing. And, and I don't think the average attorney is going to be ready I was for it. just going to say this opens up a whole new gate for entertainment attorneys because if they're constantly having to monitor this like you have this set of rules that's encoded in the program and everyone kind of governs this way rules but people can also actively contribute to it like who is expected to monitor that i mean in one sense that could be a really interesting way for up-and-coming entertainment industry like interns kind of that could be your stepping point it's like okay you're responsible for uh taking over this artist like the the dow around this artist and you have to make sure that Mm. like this is what the artist says this is their best interest this is what they're looking for this is what they're not and maybe you kind of have to work around that and that you're responsible for one artist and one artist only so you can really monitor that so as much as it I think it's one way to do it but it would be what a job uh, I know I think that artists are actually going to have to come off their pedestal maybe oh yeah finally interact with the fans who you know give them the lifestyle that they have this is truly going to be about collaboration in the most um, I don't know deep sense of the word and some artists I think will uh, really benefit from it and some won't I don't know why like um, Chris uh, whatchamacallum just came to mind from Coldplay Chris Martin I see him yes thank you yeah. I see him doing something like this in such an amazing way mm-hmm. like from the heart and so like loving and I see other artists just not being able to handle yeah. it like collab collabo they're not trying to there's do some that. artists that will have a team of like 70 trying to make sure they're right down right to, to do whack-a-mole control, yeah i think this is going to kind of be like um 
Remember when the first, I guess, kind of ability came about that you could like snatch movies and stuff like that, and then you have people like kind of you know telling you to take it down and stuff. You can yeah. never really come on. Mm-hmm. You're always going to be behind with that. That's going to be super proactive, uh, reactive. I think there's going to be a new proactive way of of doing things. I don't know how personal lockers might come in to play with this. Mm-hmm. That I know, um, you know many have talked about I don't know it's just going to be crazy Sydney but that's why we're here to examine it all pave the way yes and just at least throw out the questions that should be asked and of course go into parenthetical things about makeup too sometimes and other things yeah just kind (laughs) of digress occasionally it's whatever (laughs) yeah that's us oh my gosh Anyway, guess what? I have to run. Oh my gosh, too. we are two busy bees who've just finished our podcast episode again. <laughs> <laughs> too funny. You guys, thanks for listening. Spread the word. Um, it's all about beats and bites. Yeah. And if you want to see anything or hear anything, obviously shoot us that email that Sydney gave um, a little bit before. Follow us on LinkedIn, of course, Beats and Bites Podcast. Beats Instagram, Bites same Podcast. Thing. You know how it Ooh. is. <laughs> we do. We do. And um, I guess that's about it, right? Yeah. Over Bye. and out. Bye, everybody. Woo. <laughs>